If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. This week's episode of The Friend Zone is brought to you by Form. Form is the first women's prestige hair care collection to celebrate beauty in all its forms. Designed for all hair textures, the Form collection minimizes guesswork and makes hair care simpler by offering personal regimens specifically designed for individual hair needs. Head to formbeauty.com slash sign up to take the form consultation and receive a hair care regimen that is unique to your styling preferences and lifestyle. That's F-O-R-M-beauty.com slash sign up. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friends Zone. Soulful like a young Alicia Keys tonight. I keep on falling. It's nothing like an intro to get me feeling tight. I keep on falling. It's acapella. I'm a young five fella. Skin a little bit yellow in the right lightning. Everybody know black skin is exciting. That's why they tan and try to look the same damn way. And then they look at you like you're stealing what they got before they even say, hey, hello. Goodbye, won't even give you respect, won't even look you in the eye. I'm really sick and tired of getting motherfucking tried every day by a nigga with blonde hair, blue eyes. I am so sick of these crazy and psychotic ways. I'm looking forward to peaceful and way more better days, even for all the gays who can't get married in peace. But really, we need to focus on trying to impeach. Like, listen to Miss Maxine Waters, cause see, she's smarter than most of you niggas and your sons, even your daughters. Cause somebody taught her, and see, the young lady, she listen. That's why the young lady. 
lady is now an old lady with all that wisdom. Let me tell you by the persistence that your niggas really need to have. Everybody know that nigga said, when you see a pussy, then you go ahead and grab. Hey. And I went ahead and put him into place. He making decisions affecting your face. And now I got to walk around looking for a red hat in case I got to spray my fucking mace. Asante, let's go. Ooh. See, earlier I told you I keep on falling. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell y'all about somebody that I'm falling in love with. You, you said something about a young lady, an old woman. I want to take y'all to a young lady that uh, did something really special. This one goes out to Yara for one of the award on BET Awards. Her speech, it literally moved me to tears. So, mm-hmm. Yara, this one's for you. Yara Shahidi, we see you on Blackish. Yeah, you macking, doing your acting thing. Yeah, you the baddest. I don't got a curse in this flow because you know. You the deepest, the realest of your generation. So you gon' go out there and make some changes in the world. Yeah, you scared, but you arranging yourself. You aligning yourself with the greatest and you're going to be one of the bestest. And I know this because I see in you what I see in myself. And it's the greatest thing I could ever feel. It's love. We all need that. And you have so much of it. And I love you guys. <laughs> Y'all got mushy on us. I feel like I should. <laughs> come on, come on. My part of. <laughs> See, when you cannot. By the way, that don't make you a poet. FYI, all y'all who FYI. get up there and start preaching, I'll be like, okay, are we at a poetry slam or a revival? What's oh, a restoration service? Into me, I see. Oh, you know, yeah, I into me, I see. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> Intimacy. I mean, into me, that. I see. Ooh. Shout out to the time joiner people. Mm-mm. Hey, so good uh, evening, morning, afternoon, night, whatever time you are listening. We want to thank you so much for tuning into the Friend Zone, your weekly look, view, peek, and perspective hey. into all things mental health, mental wellness, and especially mental damn hygiene. Because as we say tonight, and as we have always said every week after week after week after week after week, who in the hell wants a musty brain? Who in the hell wants a musty brain? Not me. Hey, friend, how you doing, love? Hi, Dustin. So good to see you. So good to see you, To put my eyes on you. I often say, I've told all my close friends that I FaceTime with, sometimes you you ain't talked to somebody in a minute, you you FaceTime them, and you let them know, you say, I just had to put my eyes on you. I had to put my eyes on you, make sure you was okay. (laughs) How were your weekends? Oh, my weekend was great. I had a very long and productive weekend. Yeah. I did. I did some um, work in Philadelphia with Black Thought, a special project. You didn't announce that. Super cool. We'll talk about that later in the church announcements. (laughs) And I also (laughs) was fortunate enough to host. Shout out to Blue Magazine and actually BMW. Um, I was fortunate enough to be one of the hosts of their BMW Pride Brunch. What? It was at STK in Midtown. Oh, um, my God, Dustin. Collab with Blue Magazine and BMW. I like I missed everything. Super, super dope brunch. Huge turnout. Um, BMW actually made a huge donation um, to an organization here in New York um, that services the black gay community. Mm. Um, really, really cool event. Lots of good energy in the room. Shout out to the lovely Bevy Smith, who I had a very special moment with um, at the brunch. Bevy is such a sweetheart and hilarious. Um, but it was just, it was a fantastic brunch. And FYI, on a petty note, oh guess who was at the brunch? Who? 
shout out to everybody who would catch the reference. It was the lady who, and I don't want to say her name, I'm so I'm terrified. just going to give you these clues. Oh, no. It was the lady who <laughs> Countess Vaughn was chasing in her video for <laughs> Do You I, Love Micah, Him? Micah from, from She Blood used to be on a, a reality show, <laughs> and <laughs> she was you. there at the brunch, and she looked great, but she was there at the brunch, and it was her she from was the video. That's all I want to say. Heels, <laughs> Blood, Sweat, Heels. So shout out to BMW. Shout out to Blue Magazine. Shout out to oh, everybody God, that came out to that brunch. Great <laughs> event. Look forward to working with everybody again. <laughs> what Don't about you, Sante? Walk away from me. Countess Vaughn, baby. A wifey. Let's go, Sante. How was your weekend? It was amazing. Um, I don't remember much of it past Sunday after mm. partying. We going to talk about that. I know, later. but I really don't remember much of it. Pride like, Sunday weekend. was, it was just a, a just a crazy weekend just to be out and see a bunch of people that I never see or I always see at the randomest moments. And it's New York, so you just always see people out anyway, so Pride Weekend is just the best time to mm. see everybody that you've ever met in your entire life, like, in the randomest spot. So, yes. it, it's just always a great time to be out for Pride. And speaking of seeing everybody that you ever have ever met in your life in the most random spots we saw someone in we saw everybody in the most wonderful of spots shout out to Kid Fury who had an amazing amazing party this Sunday 305 Live Sold out crowd, um, beautiful, always. beautiful venue. Shout out to DJ Dimples, DJ, DJ Dimples, oh. Queen of always doing things, spinning, so good the party to see live. her. It yeah, was just maybe. an amazing party. Met so many beautiful people that listen to the Friend Zone um, and supporters of Kid Fury. Um, it was just a great time. So shout out to them. Great place to be on Sunday. It was all of that. Yes. And one of the young ladies from my wellness retreat literally ran off of the Came flight off the plane. and went straight to 305 Live, filmed you, <laughs> took pictures with uh, Asante and Fury and sent it to me. And I was like, how are you there? I couldn't understand. I was still in DR. So it was kind of cute. This what year. a lit weekend she so had. Much support. Thank you all for coming out. Thank you. Thank you that come every year. And thank y'all that just came out for the first time and just got to experience how lit it was. Yes. And I was in the Dominican Republic, like I said, for my wellness retreat. This is the longer one. Um, it was a full week. Uh, you out there changing lives. Oh, my man. God. It was incredible. Like, I could cry now even just thinking about it because the impact that those women had on me and the impact I had on them. Just beautiful. Like, yeah. mm. an incredible group of women. So many breakthroughs. So much healing. And they bonded. Like, I've never seen a collective of women just become friends so quickly. All I heard the whole day was just laughter coming from all the rooms. Anytime I passed by the living room, they were all bunched up on the couch, like college, <laughs> you know, with someone's legs up here yeah. and someone's, you know, so <laughs> cute. I was like, oh, this is why I do this. And that made me happy. I think with social media, we don't have the opportunity to connect with new people like that. Exactly. So to see people laid up on a couch just in a beautiful house in the Dominican Republic getting nourishing food catered to them all day long, took them to the beach. Yeah, like, I, you know, so much love for them. Just pump them with positive energy for all those days straight. Affirmations, good-ass food, good-ass conversation. Mm. I mean, Mm. I just want to shout out Siobhan, 
Basma, Wendy, Valerie, Arlene, Shia Elise, Tasha, Akima. Akima's actually the one that took the picture with you guys. Hey, Akima, baby. <laughs> right, Vanessa and Nia, I love you so much. You're my new little sisters. They're all actually coming to the Friend Zone Live on August 19th. Hey. All, all of them, which is so cool to me. That's how much we all fell in love with each other. So I'm going to be so happy to see you guys again. And thank you. You guys are my heart in human form. Thank you for uh, being confident. Information uh, of everything I know that is. I want to know what y'all been doing on the retreats, friend. I need Me to do too. one with y'all. The way you talking, you're like, yeah, they're in the house. They get catered to. I'm like, telling you, I've, you it's be basically being treated like princesses. It's fruit and vegetables. Yeah, and stuff. mangoes. I mean, whatever fruit mm-hmm. they want picked mm-hmm. from the backyards. We bring them fresh food from farms. So I could be whatever like, oh, they I want to do. A coconut, and somebody gonna come and hit the tree and bring and then, you a fresh one uh, straight from the tree. And it's basically a lot of us, you know, living in these cities. We're tired and stressed and traumatized and petty, like last week's show. Mm-hmm. And this is just an opportunity to be treated like a princess. And like what the hell deserve. is wrong with that? You know, nothing. As as all those beautiful black women deserve to be treated. So I was very, very happy. That's right. And even some of the uglier ones, they deserve <laughs> to be treated that way too. Dustin. At times, no? On a pedestal. Speaking of, on a pedestal. On last week's show. <laughs> <laughs> We <laughs> we discuss being petty. Ooh. Ooh, look how y'all just ooh. And we had differing opinions on it. I actually love when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um and as usual, those of you listening had differing opinions as well, had a lot to say. Some of which were petty. <laughs> A lot of which are petty. I, I mean, loved it. Talking about <laughs> paragraphs of petty. <laughs> Who stood out to you, Asante? Well, before we get started, I would like to say that I was trying to tweet the other day, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to put this in my petty jar, <gasps> aka my drafts. Oh, a digital, <laughs> a digital petty jar. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Coined by Asante. Yes. You heard it here first. Yes. And you know, I I was talking to someone and like I got into it with them and then <laughs> I was about to tweet about them just to make them bad. And then I said, you know what? You know that they look and they're right there. That's so petty. And you've already said it to them. So <gasps> you've already you. like seen them react. Do you need another? Look, and, and I had to even think, I had to have the whole conversation with myself. I was like, do you, do you need another reaction? And then I was like, no, I don't. And if I did, I could always get it later. So I was like, you know what? I don't need to do this <laughs> Not right now. Not scheduled pettiness. Not even that it needed to be scheduled, <laughs> but just to know that I wasn't necessarily giving it all the way up, but I didn't have to be immediately petty after right. I was just petty. Like, it didn't need to follow up. Catching so it, the reflex. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then once I identify when I don't need to be so petty in these spaces, maybe I'll just debunk the whole thing and stop being petty who knows who knows who knows all right so this one is from shakima daniels on a petty note i was an executive assistant at a large real estate firm my bosses were racist and complete assholes i knew they were getting ready to go on a two-week vacation to amsterdam so on a petty note i turned in my two weeks notices right before they were going out of the country deuces (laughs) and i decided that shakima you win the mvp award there's nothing like leaving a job right and then leaving bitches right out because they deserve that shit. Because you've done everything in your power to keep the ship alive and well. But now that you're gone, you know that's going to burn. So you might as well go on ahead and throw another flame on there. That was just my own petty note. Shout out. And I feel like I used that as a bonus for not being petty several times this past week. Mm. So thank you for that, friend. What's the, who stood out to you? 
Chocolate Cosmos. Chocolate Cosmos. <laughs> in the SoundCloud Cosmos. In comments? the SoundCloud Cosmos. Uh, said, <laughs> hey guys, the wellness segment spoke to me. Two weeks ago, I decided to go a week without complaining. And on Snapchat, I put it out there to encourage my friends to do the same. It was super hard. And when I caught myself going the negative route, I would mark it down. Okay, petty job. Yeah. This made me realize how much I complained or sheltered neg- negativity, but it helped me so much. And my friends came back as well and shared how it also affected them. It was a much needed gear shift, and I'm so glad I did it. Side note, Fran, your wellness retreat triggered me to host a little day of wellness for myself and my friends. The room was filled with so much pain as well as healing, and I thank you for inspiring everyone who listens. Hope you come to Toronto next time. I would love to attend. Nice. Oh, that's so awesome. That makes me happy because, like I said, it's at your own pace. It's not about, like you said, you decide whether you want to catch the impulse to do it or not. Um, Do the jar, do the journal entries. But I think when you talk about it, it's like just putting a light on it. So now you're aware. You're fully aware of the fact that you're making the decision to be petty. And it's not like an unconscious decision. Where some people don't even realize, I think, that they're being petty. Unless they're so used to, to it. Keisha calling. Let it go. <laughs> Keisha Cole was jamming to SZA. I, I mean, saw the clip. I love that. Anyway, Dustin. Hey, y'all. Who'd you find on the Twitter streets? In the street. That was my soulful one. <laughs> it like, was painful. Like Stax Records and, and, and T-Sop, signed to Philadelphia, and them old-ass record labels, that old-ass Atlantic Records, back when Aretha was on there and shit. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so oh my Lord. this week, in the spirit of last week's show and being petty, <laughs> I am going to give the highlighted tweet of the week to my goddamn self. I hear that. Okay. Because I feel like this is a great discussion. It needs to reach a little bit further, you know. This tweet's arms was really too long to box with Twitter. <laughs> so I decided to move it on over here to the show. Now, Uh-oh. Um, making my observances, you know, what, whatever. I just had a thought. And I feel like Mimi Faust, she was on my mind because she had tweeted a picture oh uh, my, of oh herself. My God. And it had really the the most you know just completely like <laughs> empty of captions i had ever seen in my life and i'll get back to that in a minute it was on instagram yeah it was on twitter she oh. tweeted i don't even want to think about what could have possibly even been on instagram but i'll get to the caption in a second to put her on my mind and i think that mimi faust would be a great person to go on the real housewives of atlanta I think really? she would be a wonderful housewife of Atlanta. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. She's just edgy enough. She doesn't fight. She's got a messy ass background, but she's bougie enough to try to cover it up. <laughs> she will skit, she'll lie. She has people that want to bring her down. She, but she still tries to carry herself with an air of elegance and class that's just transparent enough. She would be a perfect (laughs) housewife and people would watch because that would be somewhat of an upward move for her. And people would want to see that for her. They would want to see her doing better, but she would still bring the best of the worst with her from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. 
to what she would be able to bring to Bravo as a housewife. By now, she's made enough money to afford a really good rental home. You know what I'm saying? Like, she would just be a perfect housewife. So I tweeted that earlier, right? It was my tweet, right? I'm like on the lowy, lowest of keys. Mimi Foss would be good on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Of course, people responded to it. A lot of fucking people agreed with me. I thought you were going to say she responded to it. No, I wish she would because oh. I tagged her in the tweet. I told oh. her, girl, give it the program and reach out to them Real Housewives of Atlanta people and get you a peach. That would be so dope to see her move, <laughs> leave Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. And transition straight into Real Housewives of Atlanta as Why a peach holder. Because I feel like she doesn't go low enough. She plays around with the lowest of low people, but she doesn't really sink low. She still tries to carry herself a little bit with a little bit of, of what she thinks is dignity. It still looks a fool, but she thinks it's dignity. <laughs> and there's something to be said for that. And so I can just see her transitioning. She never really gets with the physical combat. She'll, but she'll argue you to the cows fucking come home. Well, again, another badge of honor for the housewife of Atlanta. So I just think it'd be a great transition. So a lot of people responded to that. They loved the idea. <laughs> they were agreeing with me. And somebody linked back to me in the tweets. And this is the one tweet that I'm going to highlight this week. <laughs> they linked back to me in the tweets. And this person actually said... That is what her Real Housewives of Atlanta tagline is going to be. This person was Juke Your Girl, J-U-K-E-Y-A-G-I-R-L. Her name is Bethany, of all things, to comment on a housewife's tweet. And she said that Mimi Foss' tagline as a housewife of Atlanta would be the original caption that I said, what the hell is this? Here's the caption. Here's the, here's the picture, friend. Okay. Pretty? Beautiful picture, Mimi. Here's the Great caption. picture, beautiful picture. I am my problem, comma. First, let me get let me clarify. Let's dive a little deeper. I uppercase A am my problem, comma, but I'm also my solution. Dot 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 exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. So again, folks, that's I am my problem, but I'm also my solution. Mm, 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 mm. And her, she's looking over her shoulder <laughs> with a high ponytail. It just makes absolutely no sense, which is, again, why she should be on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> if you agree, tweet Asante at Hey Asante and let him know that Mimi Foss should be on The Housewives of Atlanta simply because he doesn't want y'all to tweet him. You guys actually you. love the caption. You <laughs> <laughs> See? 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 I Mimi. See? Woo! She's reaching Mimi, an audience. I get it. I she's get what you're saying. Her. I get it. Mm-hmm. Did she's, you see? Did you see how? Did you see? She's the only one that gets in her own way. Yeah. And she's the only one who can fix it. See, look, she's looking over at me. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I knew you would say. She's your problem, but she's also Woo! your solution. I knew this was funny. I just did not know it was going to be that funny. <laughs> 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 she's looking over at you. <laughs> she looked at me like <laughs> Look, friend, she looked at me like, hmm. So can I you guys am please my problem? But I am but also I am also my, my solution. solution. That's what she's so, gonna say in the friend. season finale of Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's going to say that in the season finale. They're going to show her at a playground with Eva playing and running up to her legs, her little daughter, and she's going to be narrating the scene saying that, I am my problem, but I am also my solution. Look, 
bitch. As long you know, as she, she folds her, her bitch arms on. and covers that boob thing. Like a judge. that boob thing really bothers me. I yeah. would not be so upset with me if, like... Like, have you? Do you see it in the confessional? It looks uncomfortable. Them like pancake titties. Something's wrong with one of her boobs. Stop. I, no, I, I kid you not. And at first, I thought it was like a shadow or a contour. I'm like, I'm just looking at the wrong thing. I've stared at it so. I long, thought it had an elbow because it's a bend in it, just like a elbow. Yeah, like. And it doesn't help that they all do the confessional hands either. Like, they direct in traffic or doing sign language at the court. Y'all like, love confessional hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so distracting. It looks like a, her implant looked like Texas toast. <laughs> Oh. A Frisco milk. I'm mad I know what that is. <laughs> like the Frisco patty milk. I used to love some Texas <laughs> I said, damn, who did her boob job? The funky Y2C? Who she got it at the that? Waffle House. <laughs> Man. At the Yo. steak and shake. What was the grade in their window display? <laughs> Man. Shake like, Shack. How? Who did your boob job? Shake Shack, girl? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> But, alas, you would be in a, a fantastic addition to the Real Housewives of Atlanta on some real shit. Mimi Foss would be a great replacement for Phaedra Parks, and I want 5% you of the deal. You know what, Kenya? Let me she tell would. you something. Imagine Mimi versus Portia. Imagine Mimi versus Nene. That's what I'm imagining. I'm telling you, this would be I mean, I like gold. trash, so as hilarious as I think this would be, like, I this would watch. Would make, and imagine with that extra money from Bravo, because you know they pay. So with that extra money behind her, imagine the, the fire she could create. The problem is all the doors that will open. Like, I don't want to see Carly Red as one of Mimi's friends on Bravo. She can't see under contract. Can't film. Think about it. We just now seeing Candy on Love & Hip Hop Atlanta. I mean, also very true. Boom. Anyway, thank you. I just went to highlight <laughs> that in these streets, <laughs> and that is it. Um, and I'm ready to talk about something new this week. Y'all ready to jump in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today, well, actually, by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be the 28th. But as oh, we're recording, that. it mm-hmm. is PTSD Awareness no, Day. No, we EST, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even say honey. So for those who don't know what PTSD stands for, it's Post Traumatic Stress Disorder. And I found an article on psychcentral.com. It's a site about the world of psychology. You guys know I love... I love that name. Right? You guys know I love looking up uh, scientific facts for a lot of the emotional conversations that we have. something other than Urban Dictionary, kids. (laughs) Even though Urban Dictionary has defined a couple of things for us these past couple episodes. I do think I'm getting old. (laughs) So uh, there's an article I want you guys to look up. It's called The Science Behind PTSD symptoms and how trauma changes the brain now the way that i thought this tied in so well to the ghosting episode the james st patrick Mm -hmm. episode (laughs) shout out to everybody i'm sorry that that caught that reference i love that they were tweeting like now i get why it's called this um and then tying into last week's episode about pettiness i actually feel and i wonder what you guys think Mm mm-hmm through my uh, through reading these articles on PTSD symptoms, I think pettiness is a PTSD symptom. Mm. Mm. I think the degree of your pettiness, because you know how we were saying last week, sometimes for some folks it's jokes; mm-hmm. they can leave it alone, doesn't get deep. But some people are just straight up cruel and don't know how to stop and won't let it go and will hold a grudge and drag the pettiness on, like we've seen it online mm-hmm. and probably experienced it in real life i think the degree to which your pettiness um drags on for lack of a better term correlates with how much trauma you've endured 
Hmm. That you haven't worked on, I should say. Because obviously you can't compare people's traumas. People process differently. But I feel that it correlates with how much you haven't confronted. The fact that you would take the time out of your day to be cruel. In my mind, there's something... Like, me and Asante were talking about this earlier. Like, I think people always make fun of those um, folks from the hood that always have like a mean face or the stink girl on the train you know but we don't know why she stank Mm -hmm. i don't think a girl's stank on the train or the people that are ready to fight you because you stepped on their sneaker just because they just felt like being like that you know i think it's a stress level that they've allowed their lives to get to where they're always uh triggered the fight or flight is always triggered and they're always ready to fight Mm -hmm. like me (laughs) <laughs> and it's like everything they're in defense mode you know we have friends like that where there's everything you say it's like right. they hear something completely different they think everything is war battle you know an attack and you're just like whoa either I was just joking with you or I didn't mean it that way you know so I'm curious to think if you guys see a correlation with that as it being a PTSD syndrome Yes, I think that it can be a symptom of PTSD. And I think that everybody has their own way of of releasing things. Everybody has different ways of things becoming an outlet for them. Exactly. There are some people, I'm going to give you a prime example. On Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta, um, (laughs) Deb Antney has a godson who she adopted. Mm -hmm. And so he's her son. His name is Brandon Barnes. He's been arguing with Regine, um, Toya Wright and Lil Wayne's daughter, for the uh. past two, three weeks viciously. But the things that he's saying, his whole approach, his demeanor, every time somebody tries to bring it back together and, and bring peace to the situation, he is purposely um, defensive, purposely just a roadblock and on the journey to peace. Of- not allowing any type of harmony, any type of resolution, nothing. Not willing to just contribute to things being better. He goes out of his way to be rude and nasty. And it's so bad that they actually um, showed him doing what he called artist development and the way he was so cruel to these people who were performing for him. He's just a mean person in general. It has to be coming from somewhere. What is it coming from? It's something he didn't clear out. There are some people who that is their way. They become these nasty, mean, you know, just horrible people. And that's their way of like letting Wendy it Williams. Wendy Williams I is really a prime feel example. That all that trauma she brings up every once in a while, like the being made fun of and even... Um, here and there I've heard stories like about her marriage or just her childhood and her body issues and all these things. Mm-hmm. So she's made a career of making people feel bad for those same things. She's always talking about someone's mm. body, how someone looks, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I see the correlation. I think it's a PTSD uh, symptom. But I wanted to read the first section of the article. Um, so it says, after any type of trauma, from combat to car accidents, natural disasters, to domestic violence, sexual assault, child abuse, the brain and body change. Every cell, this part was like, whoa, every cell records memories and every embedded trauma-related neuropathway has the opportunity to repeatedly reactivate, which means if you don't work on it and clear it and confront it, Like you're mentioning with Brandon, he gets reactivated. If you trigger whatever it is that he's thinking about, the memory that, like, he's not letting go of. Um, And obviously, I shouldn't say because I don't even know him. But based on what I just said. Right. Based on what you said. And even based on me, I can think of my own 
when my pettiness kicks up, <laughs> it's usually because someone says something that makes me think of something someone else has said or maybe secretly something I believe about myself. Mm. You know what I mean? That I'm just like, ugh, don't say that out loud. How dare you, you know? Or low self-esteem issues that can be triggered if someone can say and it's something you agree with secretly. Um, and that's why it makes you angry. You know what I mean? And um, it says that sometimes the alterations that these imprints create are transitory. The small glitch of disruptive dreams and moods subside in a few weeks. That means that sometimes you can get over some of the traumas. But in other situations, the changes evolve into readily apparent symptoms that actually impair function and present in ways that interfere with jobs, friendships, and relationships. And I feel like that ties into even the ghosting episode. We, we were like, uh, to me, that's an impairment. Very mm. <laughs> issue. It's, it's not just, oh, I ghost because blah, blah. It's like the young man that I read, uh, his SoundCloud comment, where he was able to kind of self-reflect based on our conversation. And he was like, I ghost because of my uh, secret, like, homophobic issues that I haven't confronted. And he was kind of able to see that through listening to the show and kind of, like, deconstructing where those emotions of him needing to ghost and run even come from and what's kicking them up. Um, it says one of the most difficult aspects for survivors in the aftermath of trauma is understanding the changes that occur and how they affect a life and what can be done to ameliorate them. Uh, launching the recovery process begins with normalizing post-trauma symptoms by investigating how trauma affects the brain and what symptoms these effects create. So I was curious, and obviously there's a lot more science that we'll get to throughout the episode, uh, but I was curious if you, thinking of your pettiness and all the stuff that we shared last week, can you, like, transparently, if you feel comfortable, obviously, tie it in to... Because, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting over here trying to say, <laughs> how can I say what I need to say without talking about too much of my business? Right. <laughs> That's why I'm like, however <clears throat> you want to say it, you want to speak in third person or pretend it's a friend, asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm curious if you see the correlation. Like, do you, you see how it says it can impair... The way that trauma can change the brain if it goes unresolved can even impair your, your relationships. You know, that's what allows you to go ghost. That's what allows you to drag someone online. And for a lot of people, this is done unconsciously because they kind of are so used to doing it. And like I said, the brain will just continue to reactivate the trauma that they don't even realize why, you know, that that's what's happening. Right. And they've normalized the behavior. Right. Um, like we said, their their amygdala, which I remember I talked about in a wellness segment, it's like the almond shaped part um, that releases the fear in your brain. Like if your brain is constantly in fight mode, then everything that comes at you is gonna feel like a fight. So I'm curious, do you guys see any correlation between the trauma that you've endured and the level of pettiness that you're willing to dish out? Oh, absolutely. Like, the, it literally comes Absolutely. from... Absolutely. <laughs> you have to think about how bad certain things have hurt you. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about how helpless you felt in those moments. And you have to think about never, ever wanting to feel like that again. And never, ever wanting to willfully and at the hands of somebody else feel like that again. And it'll make you fight for your life. And that means getting... <laughs> Petty when need be. So, hell yes, I can see the correlation. 
Mm-hmm. What about you? This makes me think about um, the conversation we were having about comedians and how there's that responsibility to, you know, go out and see what works and what doesn't. I think all of us um, internalize things differently. And so sometimes we can be, you know, small scale petty by just saying something snide or we can be a little bit larger scale petty and actually like going to somebody's desk and... Throwing all their papers off of it when you just right. not supposed to put your hands like on nobody else. Right. Like when you're actually coming outside of yourself, when you're moved outside of yourself. But when you are acting on some of those things, or even when you are, and those things aren't your full, you know, petty or whatever it is in that moment, it's almost like you're training yourself that it's okay to let this little bit of whatever out, as opposed to just trying to get rid of it altogether. And I think that it, when you put trauma into it, like not to say that it's so traumatizing that I would just subject myself to this. But when you really think about it on a daily basis, as opposed to just trying to step out and be your best self most of the time, just stepping out of yourself for these little moments, as satisfying as it is in those moments, it's also annoying as hell. There's that like remorse factor of whether you did actually get to be somebody's ass when they deserved it or you didn't because, you know, you're in a different place. And then it's like, but why are you still even feeling that? And it's just like, I really need to not even focus on all of this. Like, I need to figure out how to empty all of that away. And that's why I try to take those moments to really have conversations with myself sometimes. But because I my petty is on a small scale, like for me. But I feel like I can see where it can become a serious problem even down the road. Even right now, it's a problem in certain arenas. Like, if I was in an interview or at a certain type of job and just come out of nowhere in a meeting and be like, uh, that idea is stupid, like with the small voice and shit, <laughs> it's petty and I might feel it's correct, but it's inappropriate for a certain workplace and things like that. Right. So, <sighs> and someone on uh, on our friends on Twitter actually tagged me to tweet uh, of someone saying that in their mind, pettiness is actually a red flag of how miserable the person is. Mm. And it's a, and they that they felt that when like that's all you're showing. My PTSD just kicked in. You Who said trigger? that? Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? And then uh, this is the science part that I thought was interesting. Uh, this physician and neuroscientist by the name of Paul D. McLean, uh, he came up with this theory of the Trian brain model. That's T-R-I-U-N-E brain model, where he felt that the brain could be separated into three parts that basically describe your level of evolution. And he felt that based on the amount of trauma that went unresolved, your brain wasn't able to fully develop into those three parts. So you're really doing yourself a disservice if we were to say that his theory was correct, obviously. Um, So in his theory... He introduced the model saying that the first part of your brain is the reptilian, like a reptile, the most basic, like, survival. I thought he meant it was low down and dirty like a snake. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, Mm. even where that term comes from, exactly that. Where the innermost part of the brain is responsible for survival instincts and autonomic body processes. That means it's unconscious. You just attack, kill, eat, boom, boom. You know, you're not even thinking. Um, Then he felt, though, at some point, your brain does develop into the limbic mammalian, where now it's like mammals, where you're still unconscious, but now you are developing like moral value judgments and Mm. systems that aren't just based on kill, 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 but should I kill? 
You know what I mean? And reasoning beyond reasoning. Right. So this is the mid level of the brain. This part processes emotions and conveys sensory relays. So basically now you're aware of what you're feeling and acting upon it, but it's still unconscious. And then the the third part is neomalian, which is cortex forebrain. And this is the most highly evolved part of the brain. This area uh, controls cognitive processing, decision-making, learning, memory, and inhibitory functions. So this is when you become a conscious being where, like you were saying, Asante, now with your pettiness, you were able to kind of catch it. You realize what the uh, what's being triggered, one, where it's coming from, and you realize that it's a decision, at this point, you're not just acting on it because it's like, boom, it got hit. You got to say something. You know, it's not like an unconscious reflex. Right. You're like, oh, I know why this is kicking up. I don't think I want to go there. You know what I mean? And you made the conscious decision <laughs> to not do it. So okay. maturity. Maturity. Okay, so at what point? Because see, I went from just saying what I was thinking to just thinking it to myself and laughing. So at what point was I just <laughs> thinking to myself? Well, and just stop thinking it. Like, I'll be like, oh, like, I won't even give it the thought. Well, see, that's the part that I wonder, because, I mean, how can someone really do a study <laughs> on that? I don't know. That would be so right, interesting. Because, like, ev- like, I, like I said on last week's episode, pettiness kicks up. I, it's just something. No matter how many books I've read, <laughs> how much I meditate, how much Palo Santo I burn, how many crystals are laid up ac- across my windowsill, pettiness still kicks up just the other day i wrote some tweet about something spiritual that like kind of came to me and this white dude that i wasn't even following me i hate when that happens it's like where you come from he retweets me and basically um said something along the lines of like that wasn't new you know like you didn't come up with that genius type thing something that i literally said in the tweet like i'm learning this about myself and it was something along the lines of, like, you didn't, that's not new info, genius. So when I go to his page, I notice he has Wait, pictures that he had just gotten punched in the jaw <laughs> recently. Mm. And his whole jaw was rocked. Yes. And I really wanted to, <laughs> to say something about it. But I was like, you know what? For what? People would laugh and be like, oh, my God, friend, that was so petty. I can't believe you said that. It'd be mm. funny. But I was like, I'm not. It's no point. Because who is this guy? He has nothing to do with my day. He's clearly with his broken jaw at home looking for someone to attack. Right. Who knows how he even got his jaw rocked. You know what I mean? He probably said something stupid to someone else. Long story short, I feel that the pettiness kicks up. It's just a conscious decision from your neomalian brain. I wonder if it's neo-mammalian or neomalian. Or Neapolitan, like the ice cream. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and I love when you get the strawberry with the... You sign students. uh, Let me know if that's a typo on the article or if it's neo-malian. I'm curious. I should probably Google that while we're talking. Um, But, you know, I think it's just... It becomes a choice. Is that petty, though? What? Reacting to something like what he did to you. Is it petty? Because remember, like, we decided that petty can also be... That petty is you're pretty much something that you you identify as an action against someone else. I don't really think defending yourself it's is petty. being petty. So I feel like... <laughs> no, this is maybe on a petty note. 
But I just feel like you would have been in full right to say that's why somebody rocked your ass and you probably going to get it again. You know what I'm saying? That's what you get. You know, you would have been in full right to say that to him because he sought you out. You're right. But here's how I see it. Right. He's in a shitty mood. I wasn't. So why can't we make it worse? (laughs) A diarrheal mood. I was sharing something awesome that I learned. He got triggered and decided to shit on it. Why would I go to his vibration of Mm -hmm. being in a shitty attitude and now retweet him and be shitty back when I was just sharing something nice that was nice to me? Right. We've discussed about the... um, neurological article about reprogramming your brain that Mm -hmm. the only way that change is created is when you consciously make the choice to feel good and stay in that vibration of feeling good. That's the only time your body responds to change. If you continue to stay in those lower vibrations of pettiness, fighting, arguing, getting triggered, being disengaged, unconscious, like these first two brain models... That's how change doesn't happen. I know. <laughs> but you see know, what I'm saying? I know, I know, and like I, I said, I'm results oriented. I'm really trying to break some shit. We had the epigenetics uh, uh, episode, which I was probably my favorite, where we discussed the cycles that we're trying to break. Pettiness is fun. I get it. Right. But for me and what I'm trying to get done in my little lifetime here, um, I can't. I just don't have time. And I want my brain to to like switch. You know, I want it to but, but be you know, reprogrammed. I've been right there with you, but just like from back here though, because <laughs> I really I want that for me too. You know, I really be trying. You're to like s- in moderation, balance, uh, like right. the diet, <laughs> exactly. a little bit of sugar. You know, just just you know a treat <laughs> to get me through the week. You know, right. just something. But that's why I said it's fair to also be aware of your pace. Okay, Absolutely, good. because that's, I do not we ain't think. Talking about Picante, no. so. <laughs> <laughs> I do not think that you should sit and decide that you're gonna cut something out that it, at the moment is making you feel good. If it's making you feel good right now, then that just means that it's what your mind wants to do, and I think you should go with it. <laughs> but I how really can you feel be okay way. with it after knowing better and listening to what we just said? <laughs> but that's exactly my point. It's your choice. Right. It's your choice. Knowing better, you literally just answered it. You know what this means to whether your life is going to change. About pace. <laughs> because I can't believe you just not get it, man. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you literally are saying, like, I know that this isn't good for my brain and my life changing. Right. But it's fun. <sighs> okay. See, and, and that's why, you, I don't know if you remember a long time ago, I told you, I, I go into the whole room in my head. Like when I'm about to be petty, like I love that. I sit down I with, I sit down with myself, myself is holding a glass or something, <laughs> and it's like, we going to say this shit or what? And I'm like, but why do we have to say this? Like, why can't we just ignore this and act like it don't exist? Like, and then it's like, well, they, you know, came in, in your vibration. So now you just got to fuck they shit up and then move forward, like with it. And it's like, why can't I just move forward without doing all that? See, but I love that. <laughs> I actually think that that is a proof of your evolution. I think you're being hard on yourself. I think the if you were on the first, the reptilian and mammalian part of the brains, you wouldn't even have this room. <laughs> it would just be trigger, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. The fact that you're having these conversations like, okay, so we're going to say something or not, that means that the neo-malian or mammalian part of your brain has now kicked in. There's a maturity there where you're like, yo... 
I don't know. Like, this is kind of stupid, but should we do it because it's fun? I don't know. But that's why I think pace matters. Because I think pace is is up to you. It's up to it's up to how much of your life are you trying to change? That's all it comes down to. I agree. I have a room. I too have a room. <laughs> and it ain't Marvin's. No, nah, but I too I do have a room. And I really love that visual. I think that's actually helpful for people. I feel so much better about myself after you told Asante that was a good thing. Because mm. but my room, we're not sitting down having, you know, a highball together. We're not sitting down having a cocktail. The room changes. My room it, it always changes. My room is always wherever I'm at, except I'm not sitting on the other couch with a drink. I'm literally standing next to me leaned in my ear over my shoulder <laughs> so you gonna get to you get that bitch you, you like, what you gonna so you finna get him or what like that's you know that's what my yes. room looks like see <laughs> a little bit you know when I'm dead at Asante saying in his room he's holding a glass, <laughs> glass or, something. or something that's straight because it, it depends on what it is you know sometimes it might be a little red wine because it's like just let's have to talk sometimes it might be a cocktail because we're gonna get ratchet on him who knows <laughs> um and then it's saying that now now that we know these three parts of the brain, right? The post-trauma brain. This is now after you've gone through all that you've gone through. There are actually four categories of PTSD symptoms. And I wonder if you guys can relate to any of these. There's the intrusive thoughts, which is just straight up unwanted memories that just keep coming back. Mood alterations that come from shame of something. Uh, blame of something, persistent negativity that just does not seem to, you know, that little ego voice that is just always trying to rain on our parade no matter what we do. Um, then there's hypervigilance, which is exaggerated responses, pettiness. <laughs> and then hey. lastly, avoidance, which is of all sensory and emotion, uh, emotional trauma-related material. That's when you just, like, disassociate mm. completely. And I actually can relate to that. Um, there are times where, and I wonder even if like people listening can relate and even you guys, where you go through so much trauma that you choose either your mind, like you kind of run and hide in your mind and forget your body. Like you disassociate. That's when you're like a couch potato, sleeping a lot. Like you are completely disconnected from your body. Or some people are the opposite. They go hard on the body start going to the gym hard, you know, a lot of sex, like the physical, like they're in their body, but they're not in their mind. So they kind of pick which side to disassociate with, anything for survival. Um, so I think that that's something that is part of the symptom too and how you choose to have your lifestyle. So how the healing happens, obviously that's going to, I'm going to save that part for the wellness segment for the wellness segment yes because <laughs> I think come on season finale <laughs> cliffhanger because I think with these articles and these conversations and even with our show it's one thing to bring up trauma and bring up acknowledgement creating these rooms where you and the different parts of your brain are battling if you're going to respond fight or flight um, <laughs> uh, but how do you heal it you know what I mean? It's one thing to know it's there, but then what? Okay, so I see that I'm petty. How do I fix it? It's not just stopping being petty, but there are actual processes um, on how to do that. And I actually, for the next couple of weeks, in honor of PTSD awareness, 
my wellness segments will be based on ways to reprogram your brain. Look at that. Look mm-hmm. at it. That are based on my uh, science research, not just articles, but things that I've tried, tried and true that have worked for me because people always ask me, you know, how are you so calm and this, that? Yes, it's my nature. I'm just a generally calm person. But a lot of the calmness that I've developed has been through different processes that I've created. So when the pettiness kicks up, I'm like, let me put this little helmet on (laughs) like with homeboy because I literally sat there and I was like, I want to say something so badly about his jaw. And I was like, friend, no. Go back to burning your Palo Santo and stay in your world of beautiful shit and let him stay in his world of being a random stranger who retweets people he doesn't know. Right. Don't even tell him that you're going to redefine and turn the other cheek. <laughs> no. Don't tell him that, friend. He don't even exist in my world. And I that's will, how I stay where I'm at. I will say, you know, in my quest to get to where you at and how I've been trying to reprogram is... Sometimes when I try to go into the room, because I've been in certain scenarios so many different times, mm-hmm. I don't even want to be petty about them no more. So I just, like, wave myself on out. Like, you know, imagine somebody bumps you on the train. Like, this is New York City. I know somebody's going to bump me on the train. I can either be mad about it or I can, you know, before I leave my house, make sure that I have all my ducks in a row. So when I get on the train and somebody bumps into me, I can either just be stiff and unmoved and not even think about that. Or I could just bump them back really hard about, you know, and I feel guilty depending on how they build. And I've seen you do it. <laughs> but we always laugh about it. That's the sad part. <laughs> Don't forget you can always stick your foot out when they're trying to get off at they stop. Oh, my God. Because you know That's I, a good one. Let them no. remember but you, know you on the I way do out. It, it's literally just a stiff arm. Like, it's literally just my body just saying, stiffen up, let them make the decision to bump into your arm, but they're not going no further than that. Like you're skating. You gotta skate with that hard iron. Oh, now if we was on exactly because when you do that turnout, (laughs) when somebody tries to grab you when they fall, you gotta do the hard arm as you turn out. (sighs) And then you know what? You have to think on a larger scale, which I think we've witnessed online and on the news and with this traumatic ass news cycle, daily news cycle. The world is kind of um, catering, especially to people of color, to uh, to our known triggers and impulses you know what I mean like everything is calculated our neighborhoods the way they're structured these police constantly kind of like pushing you to that point you know what I mean to get you to react or get you to run or like it's sad because while we're trying to battle these traumas I feel and this is obviously my opinion that the way that the world has been structured is to kind of sit you know perched up on that little observation deck like I already know how you're going to react. Yeah. And this is how I'm going to react to you to make sure that you stay in that little smaller uh, headspace with the reptilian brain where you're just constantly in this hamster wheel of react, 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 and nothing in your life ever changes. And it's traumatic because we're trying to fix these things within ourselves and the world, I feel, is catering to us not fixing it. And kind of creating all these things, whether it's these jobs that don't pay, now this health care bill that is not allowing us, you know, to even go to the doctors. A lot of us are not even going to have insurance, like everything, the terrible food, all of that. So it's scary. I think there's a bigger plan sometimes with these known triggers of ours. But my last question with the four <clears throat> um, PTSD parts do you which one is the one that kicks up for you guys the most? Is it the unwanted memories, the shame or persistent negative thoughts, exaggerated startle response, um, 
or the disassociation where you've kind of like just all of don't even think about it all of it well you know what i will say the last one that's where i was in my job like where i would just literally go on my head and work my body like i remember you saying that that's why you would smoke and just right autopilot remember the Mm -hmm. same room i'm telling you about i would get to work and me holding the glass i would give myself the glass i'm like all right well you know you're gonna go to work then and then just be completely disconnected. I'm like, let me just get this shit over with. Right. And I would have to go to work. And instead of actually dealing with what was happening, I was disconnected. I was a wall. You couldn't affect me. And then outside of being unaffected in that in that arena, after dropping that, I'm still like excessively petty in other arenas. So it's like I'm super reactionary and I can be, you know, I exaggerate everything. So when it's responding to something, even like a small thing, if we're on the train and somebody like steps on my shoe, it don't even got to hurt. I'm just like, ow. Like, you don't see my damn foot here. You're just going to step on that shit as opposed to just me just moving on along. Me saying, you know what? This person is not paying attention to what they fuck they doing. Let me just move before they get more out of me. Hmm. Survival, man. I think most of us are in a survival vibra- vibration. And that's why we get stuck in these ruts. The biggest word that came up a lot in the wellness retreat this week was rut. Mm. Everyone was like, I'm just in a rut. I'm a cycle of knowing I should change wanting to change, saying I'm going to, and then months and months are passing of me being like, oh, yeah, <laughs> about that change. It's been New Year, New Me every year for the past exactly. like, 15, 20 years And now. just being, there comes to a point where you get tired of yourself, like literally exhausted of your constant, you know, uh, disengaged brain that just isn't creating any change. What about you, Dustin? Which I let me say. Is it which one comes up for you in those moments where you where someone triggers those things? Is it unwanted memories? It's unwanted. It's definitely unwanted memories, right? Let me tell you something. I'm trying to have the most peaceful days I can possibly have in my life. You right? Deserve. Every day, I just want shit to Peace. go right. I don't want to argue. I don't want to be petty. I don't want to do the work that it takes to think and be savvy and, and, and you know, strategic enough to, to pull off something petty because what I'm not going to do is be petty and be lazy about it. It's going to be. That's why when I do it, it's so good because right. it's prepared. It's You know, there's an art there. <laughs> right. But I don't feel like tapping into my creative genius all the time. Like sometimes I'm I just want to... Go out, have a normal day, perform all the functions, fulfill all my responsibilities, do my part, and come on home. That's all I want to do. So when that's interrupted and when it's disrupted, quite unnecessarily, you know what I mean? It makes it really hard for me in that moment not to make them answer for that action. Right. It's hard right there. Now... Just like I said, I'm trying to have the most peaceful days possible. I'm really trying to be a good person. I don't even want to go through that. So if it's unavoidable, by all means, I'm going to. I mean, if it's avoidable, not if it's unavoidable. (laughs) If it's avoidable, by all means, I'm going to avoid it. Right. Believe that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't want to. I don't even want to risk any of the horrible things that can happen from confrontations. Just like I'm having a bad day, somebody else could be having a bad day. You don't know how people are going to react to you reacting to them. So you have to think about that. But I also am not just going to sit here and be, you know, just done wrong. Mm -hmm. Just and be and that just happened for the sake of avoiding some conflict. See, I don't mind. 
You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'll go for it. But I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to be mature. I'm trying to just promote peace and be peaceable. That's in the Bible. As far as it depends upon you, be peaceable upon, amongst all men. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do. Jen. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no trouble. Very much. Don't start no shit. Won't be no shit over here. You know what I'm saying? I want peace Ooh, for everybody. That was in the house, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I want peace for everybody. So... That's how I'm approaching it. And, yes, it is rooted in bad memories, you know? Mm-hmm. Shattered pictures. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's rooted in all that. And you know the what, way we were. And you know what reminds me of the story you brought up, Dustin, of your old job with that coworker who mm-hmm. had issues? Mm-hmm. And, and who also, sidebar, on a petty mm-hmm. note, didn't have no arch in his foot. Oh so when he would stand there, it would look like his legs was like a capital A sometimes because the way he didn't have no arch. <laughs> and that's on the pettiest of notes. Thank uh, you. But I love the, that you brought that story up that day and you were so transparent because mm-hmm. you did admit that although he clearly had homophobia that he was not confronting, who mm-hmm. knows why that was even kicking up in his spirit to begin mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. admitted... I'm mad at you. You admitted that you were kind of going hard at him, mm-hmm. but then you realized that the people around you who were unaware of, you know, Why? the undercurrent. Right. They didn't know what I knew. All yeah. they did was see you being like, damn, Dustin is being kind of a jerk, you yeah. know? And it's changed the vibration of your surroundings because of his low vibration to begin with. So that's what I'm saying, you know, similar to the guy with the rock jaw, like, yeah, it'd be funny, but at the same time, we have shit to do, you know? And you had goals at that job yes. that that guy had no right to get in the way of. Yes. And the part about the doormat, that's what bring up the part we mentioned last week about it being a spectrum. Being too nice and being a doormat, to mm-hmm. me, is similar to being petty. It's unconscious decision that's not based on how you feel, and it's based on how you just want to act. You know, it's like you're acting out based on this uh, validation or attention that you're seeking. People just seek attention differently. And I think that middle of the spectrum where you can check someone sternly, clearly, this is how I feel. This is what's not going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And then keep it moving. No grudge. You know, like, I think that's the goal. I'm not even there yet. I'm still learning to be more vocal. And not, you know, be afraid of people being like, oh, she's not nice. Because sometimes that's a fear for me. And I'm like, where does that come from? Who cares? If if you do something disrespectful, you should be checked. And I shouldn't be worried about whether I'm viewed as nice or not. (laughs) (laughs) We found your your housewife's tagline. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) If you do something disrespectful, you you should should be be checked. checked. While I burn Palo Santo walking. (laughs) Look. (laughs) In the shape of (laughs) it. Hey, friend, hey. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and with a lot of these, and like I said, on the greater scale, remember that the world has created a lot of these traumas for us and are also making sure that we stay there. So it's our job, I feel, obviously this is my opinion, to heal the collective. It's not just healing yourself because you have to feel better, but every piece. Imagine the whole world as one brain, this one brain with these three parts. If you do your job of healing that one section that's yours and everyone were to do that, think of how differently this this world would feel. Can you imagine Ooh. if everyone just like mind their business, did their work, yes. you know, like 
it'd just uh, be a different place. That would be a paradise. That would be amazing. I would love to live in a neighborhood like that. Can you imagine? Everybody just minds their business. Just mind their business, fulfilling their you. goals. They see you. If I don't like you, like Scissor's cool. grandma said, I ain't got to get in your way. You ain't got to get in mine. Hey, Joe Ground, you black heifer. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I want her to host my birthday party or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this week's hot button issue. Just wanted to bring the consciousness to the petty conversation from that's last right. week with a nice uh, scientific scientifically based article that I find fascinating whether you guys agree with these theories or not um, I just think it's cool to see neurology and emotions and how it's just all connected the petty consciousness the petty consciousness so hopefully that made you think about something consider something reflect on something if not it's cool we are so excited that this week's episode is brought to you by our new friends at audible Audible has just launched its first ever binge listening event. You are invited to binge on great listens and big savings with Audible's biggest sale ever. Enjoy all the benefits of gold Audible membership, celebrity narrated Audible books, new podcasts and audio shows, exclusive content and so much more. Join now and get one year of Audible for just $99, a $50 save from Audible's annual membership retail price. The sale ends today, June 28th, so go to audible.com slash binge to learn more. That's audible.com slash B-I-N-G-E to save over $50 on a year of Audible for their binge listening event. Ole! And now I want to give you some tips. So let's move on to the wellness segment. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Do it. Well, 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 well. (laughs) So I was really excited that Audible is our uh, sponsor this week. The timing is kind of magical because the two books that I want to suggest are on Audible. And the reason that I prefer listening to them on Audible than just buying the book, obviously it's up to you. Some people rather read it, um, is because the the narrators, the authors, are narrating the book, and they have the most soothing voices. These two mm. authors that I'm going to bring up, and I think that that matters. Sometimes the authors I can't really connect to their voice. Um, even me, I imagine if I was narrating my book, I would probably. <laughs> Sound like Dora the Explorer. It would probably be so dope because I feel like you would go off book and then <laughs> you would just start talking about. Oh, remember? And, <laughs> like and that kind of <laughs> But I wanted to uh, talk about the first book is called Letting Go: The Pathway of Surrender by David Hawkins. He is an incredible author who uses. He's similar to how I view. Uh, emotions in the brain where he bases his studies on his own uh, reaction to them. Who's your source friend? Me. Thank you. <laughs> and he he goes by the same uh, moral approach, which I love. And the book Letting Go describes a simple and effective means by which to let go of the obstacles to enlightenment and become free of negativity during the many decades of the author's clinical psychiatric practice. So that's what I love. He is based in science and theory and application, but he also puts in a lot of anecdotal uh, and data based on just things that he went through and figured out on his own. I think it's a really good combination. And like I said, his voice, his narration is really calming, and he gives incredible tips that I connected to 
Um, thank you to Haas for putting this book in my life. He is actually also the author of Power Versus Force, which is an incredible book that I've talked about before on this show. Just being mindful of how you are achieving your goals. Are you being forceful or are you just vibrating on a higher level that is bringing these things to you? So it's power versus force. And he's just an incredible. I love the way he thinks about life. I totally align with his thoughts. And if you feel like you're in a rut, he even says it. If you think you're someone who knows all the answers, if you think you're a guru, if you think you're, you know, have it all figured out or you're super righteous, this book is not for you. Hmm. He's like, I want to speak to those who are confused, who are in a rut, who have tried everything and for whatever reason, nothing works. Mm. And that's who he's speaking to. And I think it's really impactful. A book you should definitely consider uh, putting into your life if you feel like you're in a rut. So that's Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. And then the second book is by Marianne Williamson, who I love. Um, She has a book called A Return to Love. And it's a reflection on miracles and how to, like, create really impactful change. So not just change like, oh, I want to do better, feel better, but how do you live the life that you were designed to live? Hmm. Like, how do you take it to that level of actually mastering the miracles that are here for you specifically for what you came to accomplish that no one else came to accomplish because it was designed just for you? So definitely check that out. That's A Return to Love by Marion Williamson. And those are my two book suggestions that I think you guys are going to absolutely love. If you've read them already, I'd love to hear your feedback. And if you haven't, you're about to be in for an incredible life-altering treat. And that's it for this week's wellness segment. Hope you found that helpful. Now we're going to move on to Mr. Music Man. Ah, it's the Music Man. Doing what he can. And I'm back and I got some more again. Hey. <laughs> I'm actually so excited because I know what you're going to talk about. Bef- right before we do that. Marianne Williamson. Mm-hmm. And give me the first author again. David Hawkins. Thank you. Is he, I meant to ask you this the first time, is he some kin to um, Tremaine and William <laughs> Hawkins and them, the Hawkins singers, the gospel group, <laughs> Tremaine Hawkins? I don't think so. Uh, for the one saying change. <laughs> Wonderful change has come not over Tremaine. me. Okay. <laughs> not Tremaine. Not <laughs> Tremaine. I'm sorry. Speaking of not Tremaine, I want to talk about the BET yes. Awards 2017. I missed BET them, so Awards. I'm so excited for this recap that y'all are about to go into. So for the Music Man segment, I kind of just wanted to go do an overview of the awards because there were so many performers, and it was actually a good show this year. Like, I normally just watch some performances, just people I care about. Because watching TV shows like that, I lose interest fast, and I don't care about most of the people. But this one was great. I mean, Deborah Lee, she really put out all the stops this year. Even Beyonce sent some representatives. You know, when everybody know when Beyonce don't show up, you know, she just don't show up. But <laughs> this year, she won an award, and Chloe and Halle went up oh. and accepted it on her behalf. And they read a little speech, and they, of course, look beautiful. So, oh, my I God. Just now to, you say that, it makes me think of that. I think Mark tweet mm, where he said let's mm-hmm. get suits and walk through Central <laughs> Park and be Chloe <laughs> yeah. I love you Mark once you see what they was wearing that might be what y'all be wearing to uh, <laughs> Essence Festival or Afropunk this year who Dead. knows but um, some of the performances I believe Bruno Mars opened the show oh he, what do you mean believe you didn't see Um, I don't remember the order There were like when I tell you there were tons mm. of performances like 
everybody and their mama's best, like, faves performed. Like, it was crazy. But Bruno Mars, I think, opened the show. Um, Migos had a really dope set. And I like that Migos came on, actually, after Post Malone, which bothered me. Did, have you ever heard, gotten into Post Malone? No. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. He's the White Iverson dude? With the braids, yes. Right. <laughs> Well, he performed his song Congratulations on BET, and I would just like to congratulate him and pray that this is the last time I have to see anything from him. Like, I just don't want to see it anymore. Like the track, like the set, just don't care about him. Isn't he huge, though? Yeah, I mean, he does great. I'm sure he has, isn't, like... Wait a minute. You said, isn't he huge? Right. Like... Like the... Musically. His, oh, yeah. <laughs> Why would... I was so, thinking about that other guy. Um, what's the other guy that looks like Post Malone but big? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? No. He looks just like that. He's a rapper, too. I, I'm trying I can't to think, think of his name. name. It's on the tip of my tongue. Too. Looks just like you. that. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, it's, it will come it's to not me. Action Bronson. It's fucking. No, but it's damn. It's like. <laughs> Anyway, I know what you're talking about, and I'm mad that you said that shit. Outside of that, <laughs> um, I want to shout out the people that I have kind of shouted out on the show before. Uh, Jesse Reyes performed, and your fave, uh, Khalid, performed. <gasps> like, he did location. They had, like, the little—the show was sponsored by Toyota and Nissan, so they had, like, a Nissan stage, and Jesse Reyes performed on it, and then uh, Khalid performed on it later. And then at the very end of the show, I think Khalid had everybody and their mama come on the stage— DJ Khaled? Um, mm-hmm. And, and he brought a side on the damn stage Aww. with some, uh, the headphones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he couldn't hear nothing, but he's obviously. I mean, it would blow him out. Yeah, it's I mean, too just, loud. Just the most adorable thing ever. So cute. He always has to bring him out. But uh, the performances that I want to highlight specifically, for good and bad reasons. Um, first of all, Escape, I would like to highlight. I would also like to highlight Big Sean. I would like to highlight Mary J. Blige. Mm. I would like to highlight Tamar Braxton, and I would like to highlight New Edition. All these people performed. Oh, yes, and I would also like to highlight SZA. <laughs> so all of these people performed, and that's not even everybody. Future performed, brought out Kendrick, Maxwell performed. <gasps> uh, Gucci Man came out for Chris Brown's performance. Uh, it was a bunch, of, a bunch of people. Oh, French Montana and Sway Lee performed. It was like everybody and their mama was out there. How cute. It was How a great was show. The show. It was like Seven five years. hours. <laughs> 525,600 minutes. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe I was watching BET for that long, but it was worth it. Leslie Jones hosted, and I have to say, it yeah. was it was a little spotty, but she did a great job for what was going on. I feel like there was a lot of stuff happening. But she was doing what she could do, and I really appreciate her for that. I enjoyed Leslie Jones, and she had some really good jokes for the night, and she did a great job. What made it spotty? I believe it was production, because mm. I will even say the promo for the show. Um, it was like her in a hotel room, but then like they redid it with like an overlay of it, so you couldn't tell it was like a hotel room or just something bootleg. I was like, why are y'all doing this? But, you know, BT just... I know that we have to stick to our people, so I like that the brand is growing and doing better. So I'm going to stick behind, and I'm going to watch the show again next year because some of those years I did have to skip. I had to say, oh, this one's not going to be for me. But <laughs> it was a great show this year. Were you happy with Mary, Dustin? I was. Um, she looked beautiful. She I saw looked pictures. absolutely Mary looked gorgeous. Great. The set looked great. She brought ASAP out. That's her, the single now. The video, have you seen the video for that too? I have. The video for that is amazing. 
when Mary, I don't know what it is, but when she just starts to say that part about, like, there's a special place in hell. Like, it's just there's something so soulful about it. So when she did that part, I really got into the groove of it and it felt like church. Speaking of church, I would like to uh, highlight a future. When Future performed Mask Off, it looked like church at the BET Awards. Like, everybody and their mama was in the audience, Mask Off, like, legit. So, Mm -hmm. it was lit. It was a super lituation. Cute. That's all I'm going to highlight for the Music Man segment. I wanted to just do the BET Awards because everybody and their mama was there. Oh, last but not least, um, I had to say this about SZA. SZA is amazing. She is a talent that we need to support and harness and continue to watch grow. The Like I said, the awards were a little janky. There were some technical difficulties. They played her on the stage set. Like, wow. like you could see when the stage set didn't go down, and then you watched it come up a little bit, and then it reset and went down and came back up. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Okay. And even when New Edition was supposed to perform, now I think, you know, they was having some wardrobe, like taking a little bit longer to change. But when New Edition was supposed to perform, they were taking too long to come out. And um, Issa Rae came out at the wrong time, and she was trying to save it, I think. And then Leslie Jones came out and was like, I got it, Issa! And it was real good. I was like, what? Because they were, like, coming to the stage, and then Issa Rae came out, and it wasn't them. And then MC Light, right when Issa started to talk, she was like, Issa Rae! And then Issa was like, yep, uh-huh. Oh, oh but of course that had to happen to Issa Rae but like that's why we love her because <laughs> shit like that happens to her and she's already amazing so it's not like we would be like damn you know it takes her down like it's like of course and we love you girl and she's funny so I feel like she is the one that would be able to play off a malfunction <laughs> and she looked amazing I have to say Issa Rae black girl magic on Katrillion and I'm loving every moment of it thank you so that is it for the music man segment once again if you have any listens lately you're more than welcome to shout them out listens lately um no no nothing new I should say nothing new yeah no it's been the same still listening yeah what no. about from you anything nothing all right. Well, all that I've been listening to is the old SZA. I, w- I hate to say the old SZA, but I feel like people are going to be like, you still listening to that? It's like, yes, I am. I will listen to it every week for the next, like, X amount of weeks. But I also did listen to the new Drake. He's got a couple tracks out. There's Signs, which is, like, the one he premiered at one of the fashion shows the past weekend. And, um, oh, the new designer track I've been listening to, which just came out. But I feel like Designer's new project is something that I'm going to be picking up if I like all the coming singles. Oh. Yep. Thank you. No problem. Let's go on ahead and throw it on over to TV land. <laughs> what you got for us today, Dustin? So this week, um, I'll start off by talking about American Gods. Um, I watched more of the show. I stuck with it. It's very gory and it's completely outside of like my comfort zone and everything I normally give a shot, but I roll with it. So um, I just was so outdone when they showed, oh, my God, wait, you're watching it. I am, so I, so can I can't know. even, I'm going to give spoilers, so I no, can't no, even, no. no, I want you to do your segment. Nope, I'm not going to give those spoilers. Well, Once you you catch it? up. How far is it? When you catch up <laughs> and finish, when I'm you, when you finish. Okay. We'll talk. It's the whole season, though? It's already done? Oh. I need to watch the season finale, but I have been watching. I'm going to catch So we're going to talk. You did not warn me, though. Or maybe you did, and I didn't realize the goriness. Mm-hmm. I told you it was for the me. The way the red just, like, comes yeah, on the screen and, like, cranberry juice. 
I can't. Yeah. I gotta watch that. Uh. Like I found, it looks like a chocolate fountain at a wedding reception. That's what the blood looks like on American Gods. <laughs> I can't. Um, but what? anyway, so that was great. Anyway, though. Great, Sean. Thank you for putting me on. You're welcome. Basketball wives, I would like to discuss really quick. Dun, um, dun, dun. I just want to say that Jackie Christie has completely exhausted me. Jackie Marie Christie. Watching this show. Doug Christie's wife. I have never been and seen somebody behave just so heinously. More so than Without accountability, without any type of filter. It's just like if she even feels like a person is going there, then she's going to half-heartedly commit to saying something more sensational than they said, no matter what that means. In this case, she referred to Evelyn Lozada's daughter, Shanice Harrison, who is in her very early 20s um, in a very kind and like gentle spirit. You see her on the show behaving that way. Never even, I don't think I've ever seen her even behave aggressively, even on her and her mom's spinoff show. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, not their spinoff, their own show that they had on the own network. Never seen her even be confrontational. Jackie Christie told Evelyn that her daughter, she raised her daughter, and the internet said that, her daughter was a Build-A-Whore. She was referencing Build-A-Bear. She was saying that Evelyn basically raised her daughter to be a whore like she was and only chased, you know, men that were fluent and could pay for her to be sexual with them. That's what she was insinuating about this girl. If you know anything about Evelyn Lozada and her boundaries mm. and her threshold for disrespect, you know that this usurped all of that, each and every one of them. It jumped right over those boundaries like them hurdlers, them people that be hurdling in the Olympics and shit. That woman that just jumping over. came off. It was just like them. <laughs> you seen that? And no. so I just, to see her do that, um, I felt for Evelyn when I was watching that scene. I was laying in the bed watching it, and the I was watching it with, I had company watching it, mm-hmm. and I was jumping, my legs were jumping as the scenes were happening. Every time I felt like Evelyn was going to launch or, 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 you know, lurch at Jackie, yes. you know, get her, it was like I physically was responding to it. That's how unspeakably rude and disrespectful Jackie Christie was. Now, that's a lot of things I could say that would be low down about Jackie. It's a lot of insulting, petty things I could say. But I'm going to pay attention to what you said <laughs> on, in our hot button issue. And Jackie Christie, if you ever listen to this show, I want you to just thank Fran of HeyFranHey.com <laughs> and her man. words for tonight because I literally had planned on opening the doors. On Jackie Christie tonight because that's what she deserves. But I'm not even going to go there. And I just, Evelyn, this is one time when that wine bottle would have been justifiably launched. That leap across the table would have been justified. Everything, anything you can think of, she should have taken Jackie Christie's face and literally swept the street with it. That's what she should have done. The way that brush on the street sweeper spins around (laughs) on the curb, that's what she should have been doing with Jackie Christie's face. I would have tried to... If that was a guy and him and I were getting to it like that, I literally would have tried my best to rearrange the bones in his face. Hey, he said something like that about my kid. And I know that that went beyond the show, beyond the fourth wall, beyond, you know, your etiquette. On t- It was just, I can't believe I watched that. Sania, Sania, whatever her name, Sania is her How name. How did she make it to New York? She <laughs> egged on Jackie's rage and her fury. 
And she was responsible for a lot of the things that happened that day. I sincerely hope they already filmed the reunion. I'm not sure if they saw the episode that aired this week prior to recording the reunion. But I really hope that Evelyn um, called Sunia to task. I hope she made her answer for the things that she said that contributed to Jackie's rage because she had a hand in that. Mm, Um, She doesn't like Evelyn? She's supposed to be Evelyn's friend. They're clearly not friends because low-key Evelyn set her up to do this makeover and Mm, the producers told her to come be rude to the girl. But they were supposed to, we were under the impression that they were friendly with each other. And she totally betrayed all of that. When she talked to Jackie, it was just bad. So although I could talk about Jackie and how tired she always looks and how she always looks like she just got through moving (laughs) <laughs> Every time you see her on the show, she looks like it's moving day. And she just got through, you know, carrying some boxes onto a U-Haul truck or she's coming back in to tell you what to bring out next. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh That's God, She yo. always looks like that with a shirt <laughs> tied around her waist, you know, and a loose bra. You know what I'm saying? And all those things, you know, hanging on by a thread. She's just always hanging on by a thread. But and I'm Did not even going to say that. A cliffhanger? Nope. But there's more coming next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's another confrontation coming next week. And I just, may she rot. It may she rot. She's just a trashy, ooh, I'm trying, so I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Friend, have you ever seen anything about Evelyn's daughter, Shanice, just in general? Yeah, because I watched um, her show on OWN. Does I mean, it, I didn't see the whole thing, but I could definitely but call it like when just she was having that, the fertility issues. Mm-hmm. And, doesn't even just from that, Shanice just seems like a cool, like level-headed young yeah, lady. Yeah, like, like one of those really soft-spoken, gentle people. Yeah, raising like the best daughter ever. And then like knowing how hood you were coming from that and you've made this life. And then for someone to go out of their way, not only to call you a B word in front of your child, but then to later call your daughter a build a whore in front of you that's wild jackie were they Marie fighting Christie. it was like a war or evelyn had called jackie out about something she lied about and she called jackie out about the way that she responded to her being called out about the lie and jackie like i said just completely she she her disposition was so she was she was very laid back, but the things that she was saying, she just decided that since Evelyn said what she said, she was going to hit as far below the belt as she possibly could. Some people say Evelyn, you know, went there first when she told Jackie to take care of her grandkids, but she didn't. Jackie needs to take care of her grandkids. And that's what that really was all about. The fight that we saw and Jackie being so nasty was all rooted in her originally being mad that Evelyn gave her daughter. Jackie has a very volatile relationship with her oldest daughter. Um, There's been her daughter has gone on record saying that Jackie treated her differently because she was darker than her younger siblings who have a different father. Mm Jackie called her ugly, all kinds of stuff. There was even some audio released a couple weeks ago of Jackie going off about her daughter. But the daughter's baby son, who was, I believe, two or three years old or some something like that, he got burnt really, really bad at a daycare. And the what? daughter went and, and um, posted a GoFundMe pledge request for people to give her, I think it was $3,500, so that she could pay for this treatment that he That's needed. That's so sad. Evelyn Lozada saw it. And paid the money. 
and told the girl, I feel so bad for you as a mom. No one should have to go through this. And she even paid more than what the girl was requesting. Mm. Jackie took that as Evelyn, like, being passively, aggressively shady towards her, but she truly was not. She gave the girl the money because it was a damn shame. And I'm quite sure when she gave it to her, whoever was sitting next to her, Evelyn, said, now, you know this is a goddamn shame. Jackie's daughter is out here having to beg for this money. Why isn't Jackie helping her do this? But she never referenced Jackie in anything she posted related to it or anything like that. She totally just gave the girl the money and helped. And I believe that Jackie responding this way, I think she's been waiting for, it's one of them things that was just going to come to a head, even though it was supposed to be squashing over. Jackie is such a prideful, um, she's just such a prideful person who cares so much about her appearance that she cannot handle the fact that it was hanging over her head that Evelyn may have given that money to her daughter. And just the mere fact that Evelyn did, it was eating Jackie alive. And so now we're getting to see her dig as deep as she can and really try to get at Evelyn. It's really disgusting to watch. So moving on from that, um, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta was hilarious this week. Um, and I just really quickly want to talk about one scene. I could talk about a lot of stuff on the show, but I'm not going to. I just want to talk about one scene where Jessica Dime and Tommy got into a physical altercation, or almost got into a physical altercation. Um, and they exchanged verbal pleasantries, we'll call them. <laughs> um, I just want to give props to Jessica Dunn because, number one, this season she's done, as I said before, such a vast turnaround. She's really just reintroduced um, herself as a person who is level-headed, who is trying, who is attempting to be less confrontational, less sensational, less um, over the top, and just really be a good person. I like the way she's approaching these friendships, mending fences with these girls. And I told you she kicked that girl's ass that deserved it last week, so mm-hmm. I just was on the, over the moon with her. So this week, she attempted to mend fences with Tommy now. This is where things got real. This got a little bit realer than the love of hip-hop cameras could handle, and I loved it because I completely understood it. <laughs> now, they they... Go into a conference room. Rashida brings Jessica Dime and Tammy. Tammy Rivera brought Tommy Lee. They sit down at the conference table. The ladies start talking about resolution. It's a very easygoing conversation. Everything's fine. But remember who we're dealing with. Tommy and Jessica Dime. Tommy, who is a person who really doesn't care about anything that's going on. And if she, she's just a straight shooter. So... She starts, her and Jessica Dime are approaching this conversation amicably, but Jessica Dime is also being very uh, direct and clear about where things took a turn for the worse for her. And although she is definitely open to resolution, she's identifying the things that she didn't like. Not in an aggressive way, just in a, this is why I reacted that way. These are the things I want to clear up. You know, I just also want to make note that this did happen and this is why that happened. You know, I'm just, wow. that's how she was. Tommy, you got to remember, we're dealing with two people from the streets. So Jessica's doing that, but she's identifying where Tommy fucked up. To approach resolution like that, you have to have a mind that's open to that. Tommy was not open to that. If Jessica Dime would have showed up and basically been like, I'm ignoring everything Tommy says, I'm just going to kiss her ass, Tommy could have been receptive to that. But any type of pushback from Jessica, Tommy was going to buck up. But in a very, this is where the hood element comes in because the way that she was passively, aggressively throwing these jabs, she wasn't talking to Jessica Dime, but she was speaking about a person in general that she would have confrontation with. Mm. 
and she was saying what she would do to that person. But we're sitting in this space because you actually do have confrontation with Jessica Diamond. We're here for resolution. So she was saying things like this, you know, and I feel you because, you know, I'm the type of person who, you know, when I'm into it, somebody, anybody can get that work. Whoever it is, they can get it, you know? That's how I approach stuff, so whatever. <laughs> Which didn't make sense. So Jessica Dime immediately, because she knew what Tommy was doing. You're talking to me and letting me know that I'm going to get cool with you, but don't get it twisted. I'll fuck you up <laughs> if I really want to. That's not going to fly with somebody who recognizes that. So what did Jessica Dime do? Exactly what I knew well, what I hope she would do if I could really wholeheartedly get behind her and support. I'm like, if she clocks that, then friend, I really am like... Friend, she said, well, I can't I can't get that work. I can't get any of it. Because Tommy was talking about, she's like, you know, I've been trying to work on myself, so I got all this work. So, you know, you cross me, you could get that work. You get all this, all this work. And Jessica was like, I, I can't, I can't get any of it. <laughs> like, I can't have any of that work. And she stood up and she had to let her know that she could not get any of that work and what work she could get. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Jessica Diamond's looking better. And she's acting better. And she's not wrong. So I don't hate her as much. It sounds like she's maturing. Love looks good on her. <laughs> Love looks really good on her. That's good. Well, I'm glad that the show seems to be showing somebody that's like... Semi-rational. I will say, say shout out to Tommy. She inspired my 305 live look because I had on a mesh um, black hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> and Cute. that gift, I kept seeing that gift for her sitting when she had to sit down with Jocelyn. And I said, this is my fit look. <laughs> Cute. Do you yes. have anything else in Nothing. TV land? That's it. Well, thank you for that. Can I just say one last musical thing uh, in parlay with your TV land? So because you were talking about love and hip-hop, I wanted to give a shout-out to JoJo because I said that she was like, she makes VH1 music. But she just dropped a new song on her SoundCloud called Wonder Woman, and it's the fucking shit. So go to JoJo's SoundCloud. Listen, you know JoJo, she always has those moments that we just really love. Yeah. So Wonder Woman is sounding like something that I want to fuck with. So hopefully we get more I'll definitely look it up. Check it out. Thank you, Dustin. You're welcome. Thank you for TV land. <laughs> Thanks again to Form for supporting this week's episode of The Friend Zone. Form was developed to address the hair issues women have been facing for decades. It's the first women's prestige hair care collection to celebrate beauty in all its forms. The Form collection will help make hair care simpler by offering uncompromising products specifically designed for individual hair needs. For women of all hair textures, and they do mean all, the Form collection is unique, versatile, and minimizes guesswork. Just like their big brother brand, Bevel, the folks at Form were tired of seeing the women they love struggle to find hair care that was personal, effective, and high quality. Everything starts with the form consultation, a step-by-step evaluation that ensures you get the best pairing of form products and usage recommendations. I actually took the form consultation myself before this ad just to make sure that I could see what it's all about. And it asked amazing questions about strand, single strand knots, fairy knots, dryness, frizziness, if my hair is flat, just really customized questions based on my hair. And throughout the question, it also gave a couple of tips on what to do with humidity, with frizz, with flatness, which is pretty cool. It combines the special attention that your hair deserves with the high-quality solutions that it needs. 
Form was inspired by your own hair care journey and delivers uncompromising performance without sacrificing the health of your hair. You know, that's my favorite part. Start your form consultation right now by going to formbeauty.com forward slash sign up. That's F-O-R-M beauty.com forward slash sign up. So now let's move on to what you guys want to ask us and asking for a friend. What you got for us this week, Asante? Well, in the emails, don't forget to email us at the friendzone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. And this one is titled, Two Petty Peas in a Pot. (laughs) So this week's episode really got me to thinking, and I wanted to ask your advice. I'm a recovering petty betty, thanks to my boyfriend. So I have this petty friend who I've been friends with for a little over a year. When I met this friend, we just clicked over mutual pettiness. A few months back, I shared my idea of starting a show, and she encouraged me to go forward with my ideas. And we discussed along, we discussed doing the show together. A few weeks later, my car broke down, as well as my phone cracked. And before I cracked my phone, we set up the time and day to meet to drop off some clothes for a photo shoot she was going to be in. The day we planned to meet, I got a new phone, and when I turned my phone on, I had a bunch of messages and voicemails from her mad because I wasn't answering the phone. I immediately texted her and told her I was on the phone with T-Mobile to let her know my phone was broke and I still was going to meet her later to drop off the clothes. She replied that she was no longer available and she wasn't going because no one can help her, and I replied, okay. She then called me, and I rejected her call, and I texted her again letting her know I couldn't talk because I was on the phone with T-Mobile trying to figure out what the phone, trying to figure out what the phone they just sent me won't charge past 5%. She then texted me, I'm trying to figure out why you all, why all you said was okay. I replied, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with my phone. I can't help no one right now. A few days pass, and I'm getting everything ready to start the podcast. I emailed her a, sh- a copy of the contract and text her asking if she had any questions about the show and noticed I hadn't heard anything back. After a week, she hadn't replied, which is unusual, and I then assumed she was upset at what I said. But I felt like I didn't do anything. I still texted her again and asked her if she was still alive, and she replied, I can't help no one till I help myself, <laughs> which I then <laughs> replied, Okay, girl, well, I hope everything works out. Yes, I was being petty, and I don't <laughs> care because she was petty, but now here we are three weeks later, and I still haven't heard anything from her. Part of me wants to react or reach out because it's not that serious and ask her what her problem is. But another part of me says to fuck her, she's being petty, and I'm ignore her ass too. I believe business is business. You can be mad all you want, but on a business level, you could have sent me the damn contract back, and I would have known you're still on board. My question is, if I move forward with my show without her, am I being petty? And if I am, am I justified in being petty and not backing down from this and texting her? <laughs> you go first. I think that she is being petty if she doesn't have her in the show. I do think it's justified if she doesn't have her in the show. I also think that you can avoid all that by just getting at her. I don't think that when you do reach out to her, you should ask her what her problem is because you and I both know that you know damn well what her problem is. It's just like you know what your problem is. Just fix it. Y'all had a disagreement. It wasn't that serious. If you want her to be in this show and have harmony and completely avoid this, fix it. Otherwise, this show is an event. If you have her in the show, or if you don't have her in the show, and then try to fix it afterward, she, being the petty person that she is, will resent that, and then that will be her excuse 
to now have an attitude with you. Well, you didn't have me in your show. How you, that's low down as it gets. That's the shit she'll be on. So just talk to her and try to fix it. And if she's not open to it, then you move on without her because your hands are clean. Thank you. <laughs> I totally agree. I feel like it, nothing happened. This isn't even a fight about anything. Nothing. It's literally the sign failed a fight. <laughs> oh, my God. It just sounds like you both, like she, I mean, think about it. Put yourself in her shoes. If you had a shoot and someone was supposed to, like, meet you to do something important for the shoot and you're calling them and calling them and calling them, you can't get through. You're not hearing anything back. I think it's kind of normal to, like, feel away about that and then maybe even have a little bit of attitude when you finally do talk um but she should have just said it like girl what the hell you know like i've been calling and then you explained to her it was t-mobile and y'all just let it go i think the pettiness back and forth is a little weird um but like dustin said talk to her about it and be like girl what are we really fighting for like this is what happened that day sorry you felt that you know i didn't hold up my end of the deal um, and if she responds to you being transparent, then so be it. And if she doesn't, like Dustin said, then there's your answer. You can't force it. What about you? Because this is your petty friend and y'all bonded in pettiness, this was just one of those situations where she pettied you and you decided to say... True. She, <laughs> I know I was petty, but... No, girl, it don't work like that. And you can't use the whole business is business because, like you said, your car broke down and y'all had a shoe schedule. If you want to talk about business is business in New York City, you got to hail a cab and keep it moving and worry about that later. And sometimes that sucks. And that's not real life for a lot of people. But in certain situations, like that girl may have spent her last to get there. You don't know what she had to do to get out the house or do any of this. She made sacrifices herself to take this seriously. And yeah, you had your car broke down and your phone broke down. So for you to say, I can't help nobody till I help myself. You're going to tell your friend that? You're going to say that to your friend? Like, yes, they know that. But girl, you signed up for something. And business is business, as you said. So yes, you know it's going to be petty to do the show without her. So you could either, <laughs> in a way, be like, girl, we took that too far. And I'm sorry. Like, okay, there is just yeah. nothing wrong with that. And if she still wants to be petty, you've done your part. You've cleaned your slate. It's then up to her to say, you know what? We were both being petty, and I'm petty, and I'm over it, or whatever. However it works out. But you need to go on ahead and take the step. Two wrongs don't make a right. And just because you feel like she wouldn't step out to save your friendship, then you need to examine if this is even worth saving. And then go from there as well. Because at the same time, don't salvage nothing that's just going to, like, keep you in a bad place. If you feel like saving this is going to bruise your ego even more to do this show, or if it's a saving grace for the show and it's worth it, do it. That's all I got. And I'm coming from a place of love. <laughs> yeah, we I think, all are. yeah, I feel like that was pretty reasonable advice from all of us this time. This time, <laughs> everyone's gonna... <laughs> Hopefully that helped you. <laughs> Hopefully. We're going to get to the Black Bennett of the Week. Yeah, so uh, actually, thank you to Ryan Graham, who tweeted us at the Friendzone Twitter, which is at FriendzonePod. And he said, this site is everything for black and brown content creators. It's called brownstockimaging.com. But it's spelled B-R-W-N, stockimaging.com, which is really dope because that's one of the issues that a lot of bloggers face um, and just writers in general 
when you are looking for, you know, a happy black woman or a black woman doing yoga, sometimes it's hard to find those images in Google because it's very whitewashed. And stock imaging obviously is going to cater to white people. And sometimes one day I remember I put natural hair and all white women with like these drop curls popped up. And I was like, wow, this is wild. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, Um, so it's interesting how that works. So this is a great concept, brown uh, stock imaging, because now you have an archive of black and brown people to sift through. Yes. Yeah. On where, the website right now. Yeah, where you don't have to just uh, look for the scraps that are on Google, but now you have a plethora to choose from on this beautiful site. So thank you so much, Ryan Graham, for putting that on our radar. Let me read the about section. Yeah, go ahead. Just because it's so dope. Like if you're anybody that's in marketing and you need some images and stuff like that, this is a great resource as opposed to going to the big brands that's okay, all the white people. <laughs> right. You can just go to Brownstock Imaging. And Brownstock Imaging is a stock website with a specific focus on providing images featuring people of color. Our website was born out of the underrepresentation of black and brown people on other popular stock websites. We felt it was necessary to provide images for content creators that captures the vibrant beauty of our people. We hope our website helps in changing the focus through our lens by also providing quality images for people like us. And there's also a link if you want to <coughs> become a contributor. So if you're a photographer, they have all the stuff on here, perfect for member involvement. They have subjects from fashion, food, flat uh oh excuse me uh flat lays lifestyle documentary the whole nine so if you're into the arts and you're looking for something bomb go to brownstockimaging.com b-r-w-n perfect perfect black business of the week and that's it that closes out our show for this week uh do you guys have any church announcements before we get up out of here Yep. First of all, everybody go to thefriendzonelive.com to get tickets to our two-year anniversary live show, August 19th. Yes, it's going to be here in New York City at the Tishman Auditorium. Please go so you can come see us. That would be fantastic for you and for me. (laughs) Um, Also, shout out to Black Thought from The Roots. I worked on a very special project with Ah! him um, in Philadelphia (laughs) this weekend. It was really, really great. So be on the lookout for that. Something else really special I'm going to announce at another time. Oh, my God. That's coming soon, soon, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, yeah, also um, we will be in Essence festival uh mode this weekend we will all be in the city of new orleans which is one of my personal favorite cities um we'll be there treat us like vips i'm talking free drinks a week (laughs) yes and uh we will be there so come see us at essence yay I mean, that's pretty much my announcement. I'll be there with Crystal. Yes. As most of, you have, most of you have seen on Twitter, Crystal announced that we are uh, kicking up season two of Insecurity. We will be at Essence West actually to host the premiere yes. of Insecure. Um, and we will also be recording the first episode. So that's pretty exciting. I'm going to be so ghetto. I kid you not. If there is a vouch up there for y'all to do interviews <laughs> or something, I'm sitting on the vouch with y'all. Right. And I'm excited to be with you guys at Essence Fest with Dustin yes. and Asante mm-hmm. and Crystal. And guess what? Shameless Maya will be My there as yes. well. Shout out to Shameless Maya. You guys, she's moderating. Are you ready? A panel with Ava DuVernay. Of course what? she is. Yes, motherfucking I man. No, I was like... 
Okay, I love that we're all going there to do amazing things. That's right. I literally uh-huh. just watched one of her YouTube videos from when she went to Essence. Oh, yeah. From last, a couple of, yeah, mm, like I watched it. Yo, I just yeah. watched it the other day. Shout out to Shameless Maya. I yes. love that Shameless Maya actually is part of the friend zone because in one of the articles we were featured in, mm-hmm. they used the picture of the friend zone where it had Maya on it. Uh-huh. And I was like, look at Maya. She- <laughs> I got to tell So if that. she ever like make it, you know, over us or something, we can be like, she's the friend zone. I know Maya. Show them the picture. See? Got evidence. <laughs> I love it. Love you, Maya. See you in a couple days. And everyone else in New Orleans, see you soon. What you got, Asante? What are your That's announcements? That's it for me. You know, I'm turned down for a little bit. You know, you can catch me at the Pompette Wine Shop. I just, I'm around. Check in with me and you'll see a little bit more from me soon. Yeah. Planning some things. Lots and lots of announcements to come up in the next couple of weeks. So that's it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. As usual, we love you. Yes. And we'll see you guys next Stay week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24 7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.